Welcome to the Ajax podcast series, second episode. I'm Toby Nichols, and tonight I will be co-hosting with David Medhurst. This, the second episode in the Ajax podcast series. This is an amateur production to discuss all things cycling-related. We are joined by members Nia James, Susanna Mims, Toby Hopper, and David Jarum to discuss all things related to Audax. Thank you to the club's sponsors and supporters, Sunset Cycles, Griffin Mill Gar- Garages, Fox Storage, Sport Wales, Ride My Bike Cafe, Stuart Greenberg Opticians, Andrew Siri Physiotherapy. Please visit the club website, cardiffajax.co.uk, for all related club matters and details of the sponsors. And please, if you'd like to be involved in any of the upcoming series, please contact Jake Bailey or David Medhurst. Welcome all. Thanks for coming along and sharing your expertise. I'll just just to let all everyone knows listening, I know nothing about Audax. So this is going to be a learning experience for me over the next 40 minutes. And I'm so pleased we've got some members in here that have got some vast experience to share with the rest of the club and really get to the bottom of what Audax is and, and how, as members, um, we might be able to get into Audax. So I'm just going to ask everyone to just say briefly say hello and just give us a bit of a background to yourself before we get going. David, do you want to say hi as the co-host? Yeah, yeah. Hi, hi everyone. Thanks for for joining tonight. Yeah. So, um, as you know from the first podcast, I'm David Medhurst. I'm a club captain. So, really looking forward to hearing more about Audax. I think I've done two before, and um, on one of those, we arrived at the finish, um, and there was no one to be seen. And uh, so, yeah, it'd be interesting to learn some more about Audax and um, find out how you get into it. So, yeah, really looking forward to it. So, I'll pass on to other Dave. Hello. Yeah, so I'm David Jarum. I'm the Audax novice here, I think, because I did my first Audax in 2013, a mere eight years ago. Um, Also the year I joined the club, um, the year I joined Cardiff Ajax. So that's a complete coincidence. We can come on to how that all came about and how those two things are interlinked. Nia, do you want to say hi? Hello. Oh, that was a squeak, wasn't it? Um, I'm Nia James. I've um, been in Ajax for about 10 years now, I think, much to my surprise. I also <coughs> did my first Audax in 2013, the famous Gower Getter. And um, yeah, I'm perhaps what you might call a full value Audaxer because I also arrive um, at the end control, often find there's no one else there, probably for the opposite reason to why Dave Med got there and found there was no one there. <laughs> Toby, great name by the way. Um, yeah, I was, Nia and Susanna are ruining it by not having the same name, aren't they? Um, <laughs> it's so much easier. Uh, yeah, so um, what do I do? Um, I pro- I'm, I would say I might be a long-term Audaxer, but in the world of Audax, I'm very much at the novice end. Um, if you start riding them, you suddenly realize there's always someone who's done infinitely more than you've ever done and that you could possibly you know it's time-based and you've got a limited amount of time so I've probably been all that since I think 2008 so that's 13 years now um and I joined the club in about 2010 I think because does that work yeah uh, because I wanted to ride a 24-hour time trial, basically, and I needed to be a member of the club, and so I went and found a proper club to join. So I was all that before I joined the club, um, and I am at both ends of the spectrum, depending on how things are going. Um, I rode the Gowagetta was the first all that I rode, and I was the last person in on that, and I've been the first person in on that, but it doesn't matter because it's you just have to finish, <laughs> um, and that's it, really. Cool. Thank you, Toby. Susanna? Uh, yeah, so I'm Susanna. Um, I think I joined Ajax about 10 years ago as well. Um, but actually did my first Audax in 2015. So I'm even newer than you lot. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, it was never the plan. I never thought there was any need to ride 100 miles in a day. I thought people that did that were a bit daft, actually. And now it seems to have gone the other way around. <laughs> Great. Okay, so 
that there's some interesting stuff jumping out. I just want to disclose to all the listeners here that I know nothing about Audax. So this is going to be, I'm going to learn a lot. And just by hearing your intros and your brief bios and your experiences, um, there were lots of terms used in there that I had no idea about as sort of that there was some stuff about finish and time and there's this word Audax. So let's just open this up and let's just simplify this for, for people like myself. What is Audax? Because at the moment, it sounds something to me that, that, that just sounds pretty scary. Anyone want to kick us off? It's, I'll start. It's incredibly simple if you do it. it. I think it can often appear quite complex because there's often discussions of minimum speeds, maximum times, average speeds and all this stuff. But the reality is most people, the time, the time limits at the shorter distances, like 200k, <laughs> um, are irrelevant. Uh, so, and essentially, you just have to. You, everybody starts at the same time, and you have a set amount of time to complete a designated course that's essentially marked out by. If it's 200k, you're looking at a control, which is just a place you have to visit and get a proof of passage to illustrate that you the distance basically it's as kind of as simple as that um i think when you read it on the internet and you someone tries to explain it to you and i'm sure i'm making it sound even more complicated than it is it's it's it there's all this extra bits and stuff around it and rules and regulations and i suppose that's the two sides to audax there's riding a bike and then there's also people are just as enthusiastic about all the minutiae of all the rules um, but the reality is you can just go and ride, you go and start, you ride your bike and then you finish within like 13 hours or whatever it is for 200k and then you get a stamp in a card and you can have a badge if you want and they give you two points that you can trade in for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great. And you have this amazing value of self-worth. <laughs> I think I always describe it to people that don't understand as basically orienteering on a bike. Like you say, mm. you've got set places you've got to go to in a certain order, and then you just got to prove you've been there. Mm. So. Yeah, and I mean, then in terms of points, there's then the whole thing around um, it's not one ride for some people, it's a lot of rides. And it's about, you know, accumulating awards mm. um, for doing certain distances or doing certain numbers of distances, certain <clears throat> times. And that's where it becomes um, a little bit addictive, we could say, like, because for years I just went and rode the odd two or three Audaxes a year. And then, you know, um, only relatively recently in the last few years have I started chasing awards and things like that. So. So, so there's some the, the bit that just can clarify me, clarify for me. What what's the points bit you mentioned? What is that? Sorry, I'm, so, really, I'm playing. I don't. I really don't. I'm uh, just not sure. So distant. So uh, this. Is, so I'm going to backtrack and then get to that question. Okay. So at the very simplistic level, an Audax is a ride around a route within a time limit. Full stop. Then on top of that, there's all this added complexity you can add to all these different awards and um, uh, like goals and targets that you can, can set yourself. And most of those are based around distance. So all that is generally about distance. It's distance within a time limit, but speed isn't, it, it's not about doing it the fastest. It's just about getting around within the time limit. Then, okay. so, but because it's about distance, points start at 200K. So if you ride a, an event that's 200 kilometers long, you get two points. And then it <laughs> Sorry, goes on. it's a hell of a return, isn't it? Yeah. So if you ride 100k, you don't get anything because it's, it don't, it's, 100k is not a long distance. Long distance starts at 200k is what people would say. Um, because it's, I, it, I think if you go all the way back to the history of Audax, like the idea of a randonnée is that it's like it's a day ride. And 200k is a day ride, and 100k is a club run, basically. So your distance points start at 200k, and then there are all these within the organisation, all these um, 
various awards that you can go for based around collecting those points, which are both, a, a, and there are ones about accumulating points, and then there are ones about that are like ride and distance based. So it's, you've got your, I, I can't remember what they are. The, the basic ones are, you've got a super randonneur, which means you've ridden a 200, a 300, a 400, and a 600 in one season. Or you can just ride four 600s and that will get it as well. But basically it's two, three, four, and six. But then you've got stuff that's Sorry, just that, like. Was that 600 kilometers in one ride? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, but do, you, do you even, you really don't know what Audax is, do you? <laughs> Isn't that like, that's like a training camp. That's like a week away in Spain or something like that, isn't it? It's a day out, Dave. I didn't really consider myself an Audaxer properly until I did a 600. And I've still only done one 600. Wow. So, I can't believe Dave Med didn't know that six, you do 600k. I'm just thinking, like, as, as, as someone. Brian Chapman. It, it just sounds, you know, 600k is like a good monthly um, sort of distance for a lot of people. But I mean, and, and we've talked about like points and stuff, but you, there are shorter ones, aren't there? Like for people yeah. to get into. And um, so I think my quite... first one was was like 100k. So it's that kind of the shortest you can do. You wouldn't get so any points are... for that one. So, that's how you get an award. You know, the super random mirror is an award. And if you're certain, you know, lots of people just knock. There are people who knock them out every year, and then for other people, it's a challenge. You know, it's it's not an award if it's not a challenge, is it? And I think that's the other thing with Audax is that no matter how deep you get into it, you could you can make things as challenging as you want. You know, like I know the Dave Medhurst when we I think we rode the Gowagetta, didn't we? And it's like that was easy, wasn't it? Basically. For you, I would say no comment. <laughs> so, that, so, so but, that, this but, is interesting. But, then we, but we finished it in like nine hours. We had four hours in hand. So it's like you make it as hard as you want. So the sandwiches so go, weren't even ready when I got back. <laughs> yeah, so you, the, you made it hard for yourself by finishing before the sandwiches were ready. We're too quick, David. <laughs> so, so talk to me about these levels. What, what, what's the two hundred called? So the 200 is just called a, a 200, 200, but one of the most popular awards that people go for for riding 200s is called Randonneur Around the Year, the RRTY. So that involves doing a 200 kilometre ride in every calendar month of the Audax year. And there are lots of members of the club who've done that. Um, you know, some have done it once, some have done it several times. Took me a few goes to get that because I realised that in the winter months you really have to do it as, as as soon as you know as soon as you get a good weather window in uh the winter months go off and ride your 200 when i first started i'd kind of wait until perhaps the calendar event was on and then the weather might be inclement or you might be ill or something so once i kind of figured out that i could do it as soon as the opportunity arose it was um easier to get but that one's really popular yeah so a 200 kilometer ride in uh, every calendar month, um, which um, kind of sounds easy, but uh, isn't really for obvious reasons. Yeah, that doesn't sound easy to me. And and are these and so are these all registered with? I'm going to call it Audax, the uh, NGB or the governing body or the organisation. They all have to be registered with them. These events or yeah, Audax UK is the governing body. Um, conveniently, simple as that for the name. I was going to um, say you can go and do them without registering them. It's just you don't then get points or anything like that. Okay. So I mean, if you went and did a 200k ride, you could still say, from a distance point of view, you've done an Audax, because you don't have to do um, calendar events like Nia mentioned. You don't have to do an arranged distance and arranged time to do them. You can do them yourself as a do-it-yourself. Okay, so. so another element to it and a large part of that is it being predetermined i suppose it's like a it i'm bit we're veering off from like making all that seem accessible to people because this is the the like the less <laughs> it, you know 
rides are put on, you sign up and you go and do them if you're interested. And then there's the bit, the DIY stuff is like, essentially, you know, there's a big part of Audax and getting awards is not a big part. A certain amount of getting the awards is getting your paperwork in order and making sure you're doing stuff at the right time. So it's like knowing when the season is to ride your, your, your super randomer or understanding or getting your rides in every month and that kind of stuff. And then how to register rides that you've designed yourself. But I'd say that comes back to the key. The, what I think is one of the key issues or not key things with Audax for people is that thing of it's a predetermined route that doesn't change. So I could go out and ride 200k and it's like, oh, the weather's a bit crap. So I'm going to go north now and get a tailwind and da And I've still done 200k. But if you do an Audax, you're doing a route at a specific time. And it's like yeah. you can go, oh, I said I'm going to ride to Buckingham and back today. And it's going to be a headwind all the way there and all the way back. But I can't. That's it. That's what you've got. And you go and do that and that's the difference that's why that, that that's what i would say is like the key difference is that you've set out something that is what you're going to do and then you go and achieve that rather than just saying well i've ridden 200 kilometers because i've gone and ridden around the town for a bit to round it up at the end or x y or z you know or you know taking a more favorable wind so, uh, so hypothetically right let's go back to this 600 K, yeah so as a group we've decided we're going to do a 600k or audax let's just share the members how are we how are we going to do that and what is it going to look like and what, what from 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 the idea to actually doing it as a as a group we're going to do a set audax what have we got to do what, so what process i could talk about how i did my 600 if you want because i think i did a fairly uh accessible 600 if there is such a thing um it was billed to me as um relatively flat as well and now i'm trying to think for the life of who the organizer was and i remember afterwards someone was like no he always says that um mark rigby. yeah it was mark rigby toby yeah um <clears throat> and it was around and it and it did take in quite a lot of mid wales and obviously there's no flat and bits of mid wales but um so that was the calendar event so i think we've probably got into the distinction between you know calendar events are organized events where you turn up you enter in advance and there's a set route but you're doing it the same day as a lot of other people are doing it so that's like your traditional kind of you know that's a traditional kind of doing it with a big group of people type audax um and obviously somebody else then has sorted out the route for you on long right so Gosh, what's the time cut off for a 600, guys? I have no 40, idea. 40 I, hours, unless 40 it's really hours. hilly. Some of them are 50. Yeah, so 40 hours. So you start in the early hours of Saturday morning and you've basically got the entire weekend to um, to complete it. Um, on the more accessible 600s, there'll be somewhere organised that you can get some sleep and get some food. Um, because a big part of Audax that we haven't really talked about is like, you're expected to be self-sufficient to a greater or lesser extent on a 200 that could mean you know you ride to this cafe and you ride to that cafe and obviously you refuel and you get food and water there um but like a big part of it is you've got to you've got to find everything you want on the road but certain certain longer events like once you get beyond 600s there'll be there will be sort of some catering laid on at some point on a like i say on a more accessible event so this was somewhere where basically um, it was at about 400k um, in a town called Knighton after you'd been over to the Welsh coast. And I, so I started in Tewkesbury, um, rode over to the Welsh coast and back by a, a meandering route to Aberystwyth and then started heading back. Um, and then, yeah, overnighted after 400 kilometres at a place called Knighton, where they basically had just hired a village hall and piled as many people as possible practically on top of each other to sleep on the floor for a bit that's as sophisticated as it gets um but yeah obviously the idea is you're only going to grab a few hours sleep and then get on your way again so yeah so i started at five in the morning um yeah rode 400k got to the sleep control at about 11 p.m i think and then People have kind of said to me before, like, oh, yeah, 600s are all right because you just ride 400K and then all you've got to do is get up and ride 200 kilometers again the next day. 
<laughs> it is kind of true because like you want to break the back of it before you you know you want to break the back you don't want to like go to sleep after 200 kilometers and wake up with 400 to do you want to do it the other way around so yeah um yeah I, so got there about 11 piled as much food into me as i could got about three hours sleep um got ready to go so this was um this was sort of uh, well it was near midsummer it was early june or late may i think so plenty of daylight so you're waiting to get out again then you know like before five o'clock in the morning i think i was on the road again about 4 30 in the morning and then you just ride through until you finish which was for me around about lunchtime back in tewksbury and then fortunately your wife in my case picks you up in the car and drives you home and you have a nice long sleep <laughs> and uh, on Monday, people at work say to you, "So, what did you do at the weekend?" And you try and <laughs> and you stare um, through them. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, like I say, that's a, that's a quite and things like the Brian Chapman Memorial, which is the biggest six hundred in Wales and probably one of the biggest six hundreds in the UK. That's running a similar vein where actually you're once you get into that sort of distance, you're self-sufficiency becomes a bit less of a thing and you're actually on a lot of events looked after quite well you know there will be food available at the controls so you don't have to you know stand in a queue in a cafe with um members of the public because you probably smell quite bad by that point as well at some point and you don't want they don't want you around members of the public um <clears throat> but yeah like i say that was like i say that was a that was a well-run event there was probably about this is a um Oh my goodness! I was about to fall into just jargon, into jargon we haven't even talked about. Then this is PPB year. We can come on to what the hell that means in a minute, perhaps. Um, so there was a lot of people. It was a big event. There's probably about 150 people on it. But of course, over time, you all spread out over many hours and many, many, many miles. Um, yeah, that's a like I say. Yeah, that's a gosh. That's about as brief an overview as you can give as a 600, I suppose. That's quite long. <laughs> interesting and and is it pretty inclusive what what what's the demographic of people taking part in in these sort of events well you've got people like me who'll get back at say 38 hours so and you've got people who are barely you know took a day to do it it was incredible it was incredible you know on the on the brian chapman which goes from um the seven bridge in chepstow to the menai bridge on Wow. Anglesey and back again and um, I remember um, when the year I did it I was riding with Susanna and, and Byrne and the crew and um, by the time we'd got to just north of Mohuntleth some of the riders uh, the faster riders were already on their way back because you can tell who they are <laughs> just you know by the way they're the kind of bikes that they're riding they, these weren't just people out on a an ordinary ride they yeah. were definitely doing that ride but they were already on their way back but the whole Aldax community is welcoming to to anyone pretty much are they as long as you you've got the physical capacity to complete the distance i guess is it Very i, I don't so. know yeah. yeah anything and everyone on the ride you'll have all ages all types of bikes not all bikes got two wheels you'll have people on like recumbrance, you'll have people on all sorts of different bikes as well. Because that's how they maybe add the challenge to themselves by doing it on a different type of bike. You've got your single bikes, you've got tandem bikes. It's it's a whole hodgepodge of stuff that you see. But yeah, everyone's goal is just to to cycle, really. I guess that's quite an important message, isn't it, to 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 those members that are listening that you know this is something for everyone. I guess by the nature of what we've spoken about, there's been some sort of scary distances, and that's that's not, not to be put off by in that um, uh, lo lots of people take part in um, in different bikes and abilities, um, w which is great. Okay, uh, any, go on. I was go just going to say the other thing is it's that it, it works quite well. I'm going to jump back to the points thing or the motivation thing. It's like it's a good challenge. It's like if I was to just say I'm just going to go and ride from Chepstow to Menai and back, it's, it's kind of it's, it just seems a bit it's that seems stupid i'm not saying it doesn't seem stupid as, a, as an organized thing but if i just say i'm going to go and do that off my own back that just seems daft but when it's like 
oh, I, I can say to my partner, oh, there's this event on, and suddenly it's this legitimate <laughs> thing to go and do. And, but, it, but it is that thing, it gives you this, there's other people doing it, and it makes it that, so it's a good, it, it, like, it gives you these challenges that are sometimes a bit silly, but it's like it, it legitimises it in a way. But also, like the, certainly with the Brian Chapman, it just looks really good on a map. Like when you get back, like that ride, because it's basically out and back, it's like you do. It looks brilliant. It looks great, and like that's that's like it's, it's nice to look cool. at. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. So, so just there's some bits that have jumped out to me. I'm just interested in. There's there, there seems to be. If I'm a novice and I'm like right, I'm interested in this. What what are the um, what are the abbreviations or the terms that I kind of need to be aware of that might confuse me? Well, if A is, A is for Audax, B is for Brevet card. Okay, what's one of those? <laughs> so Brevet card, if you do a calendar event, so this is an event that's in the Audax calendar that you pay your money and you turn up at the start and you might get your sandwiches at the end included in your fee or not, you get given a card and um, your card is the thing that you have to get stamped at a cafe this is how you prove your passage so you'll either get it stamped at a cafe the organizers will have arranged that you can go to a particular cafe and they know that you're coming and they'll stamp it or it might be the case that you need a receipt from a shop at a particular destination but it might also be that you um, have what's called an information control and that's usually a quiz question um, so it will be um, you know, number of miles on the signpost outside the church in so-and-so village and don't be fooled because for those of us who've done uh, some audaxes several times over they do change the question <laughs> so uh, yeah so there we go I've done A and B <laughs> I, I was just going to jump all the way nearly to the end of the alphabet with X rated just thinking of novices going on the calendar so <laughs> where Dave where Dave Dave talked about being um, looked after so generally as the distances get longer that you do get more stuff laid on and you can generally spot that by how much you're paying for the event um but there are also x-rated events which basically means there's someone at the start and there's someone at the finish and you gather your proof of passage all the way around so there's a there's a 600 from exeter called X buzzard I think which goes to Leighton buzzard and back and that's x-rated so that's 600k and that's x-rated so it's like six quid and there's no facilities so you you're looking after yourself so if you are a novice and you're looking for rides to do and you see something marked up as x-rated stay, stay, stay clear. <laughs> but what I would say is there's you probably the, have many the, questions if you go on the way if you're a novice and you go on the Audax UK the, website and see x-rated but <laughs> the, but the Audax website is getting like there's quite a lot of information about right like it varies the amount of information you'll get about a ride but obviously there's a lot of people in the club who've ridden a lot of things that will know about rides but there's also so much stuff on the internet if you see a ride that looks interesting you can kind of google it and you'll be able to see oh you know like there's a 200 in Dorset the Dorset coast which is just like it's like your mum's put it on for you because it's like you get a ferry ride, there's coffee and cake included at a cafe, then the WI do cake and sandwiches at a, at a school hall, and then you stop at this cafe. There's one cafe that you have to pay for your food, and then there's food at the finish. And if you did that as your first ride, and then went on an ex, you, you, you know, like they're put on by individual organisers, so what you get varies depending on what people are going to do. And... It, I mean, if I'm, I'm jumping around now, but if I go on to like navigation, most people are on GPS now. But when I when I started, <laughs> it was all route sheets. And I was used to I rode the Welsh rides out of Cardiff and Dave Lewis had done all the route sheets for those. And they're all very standard format, you know, distance, function, all this stuff. And then I went to I think I went back to Devon and rode one. And it was like you followed a poem. It's like, it's like a story it was like how was the route you know and I was used to this like excel spreadsheet with dis intermediate distances total distances all this stuff and then it was like ride to whatever keep going until you see the post box and turn right 
you know, and it was this kind of stuff. So, but, you know, navigation's a lot easier now because pretty much everything just comes with a GPS track. So as oh, long as okay. you So knowing how your GPS works is a very useful piece of information. Um, because, yeah. In case it does give up on you, especially on the rides. Yeah, yeah. And just yeah, having a bit of a look at a map, like to see where you're actually going. I, I, and check and checking all of the bits of your router on there. I started a, I started a thousand k ride in 2010, and said to my friend Paul as we started, "Yeah, I put all eight legs on there," and he said, "There's 13 legs to this ride." Brilliant. So we, so I rode the entire ride with him because I couldn't leave him because I needed him for the last three bits. Any more, any more bits that that we need to know, of sort of members sort of technical information i guess these are really interesting stuff it's, I think this is fascinating th- th- this is a this this is a um uh, i think probably not going to go down too well but i think it's a question a lot of members might struggle with which is what's the difference between an audax and a sporty why would i want to do an audax and not about a 50 about 50 quid <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um Audax is just a Audax is just a ride in the spirit like a a sport is just a ride, but an Audax is just a ride in the spirit of it as well as you know nobody's really treated much sometimes occasionally. Um, you get a much more you get a much bigger variety of people involved. It's that spirit of self sufficiency as well. I think is the difference on the day in that you are responsible for knowing where you're going nobody is putting arrows out for you to tell you where you're going you are either following a route sheet back in the day don't think there's many people doing that anymore but there still probably is a few um or you're yeah you know or you know how to use your gps at least and you're following that round a route um you're also not eating you're not also not eating gels and bananas off a table under a gazebo somewhere more likely you're sat in a cafe having a fry up um having started more likely having started at an ungodly hour and an even more ungodly hour in the morning than some sportives start at as well um but yeah i, I say about yeah i said 50 quid there was a, for a number of years there's a there's an event called peacocks and kites um which runs out of cardiff which is excellent which i encourage everyone to do at least once it's a fantastic tour around some bits of Wales that you probably wouldn't know about otherwise. Um, it's 300k, so it's not that far. It's a day out. It's a big day out. Um, but it used to be the same for a number of years. It was the same weekend as the Dragon Ride, um, which is one of the biggest sportives in the UK and also starts in South Wales. And um, Peacocks and Kites would be on the Saturday, and um, Peacocks and um, the Dragon Ride, which progressively it had something called the dragon devil you could do which was about 300 kilometers would be on the sunday and there was a sort of running joke amongst the the audax community that it was um it was about 80 quid cheaper to do um it was about 80 quid cheaper to do peacocks and kites and you got to do more climbing (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so i mean yeah typically so peacocks and kites i think you that's that's your typical sort of Audax in terms of how much you're looked after in that, yeah, there's someone at the start and someone at the finish. Um, but someone at the finish will give you a sandwich. Um, and, um, and you finish that, sand- that you get, yeah. Yes. And you get a sandwich and a, you get a sandwich and a drink in a pub at the end. Um, and that's included in your entry fee. And the entry fee, I think, is about nine. It may be, you know, maybe creeping up towards 10 quid these days. But uh, that's the sort of level of uh, value for money we're talking about. Although I do say you should budget at least 10 quid per 100 kilometers for the food you will buy and eat on the way around as well. But um, even then, so, you know, it's a lot cheaper than 90 quid to enter a sportive or whatever you'd pay these days. And nobody okay, just, cares what kind of nobody cares what kind of wheels you have or what kind of arm warmers you have or what sort of helmet you're wearing. I, th- I think the tradition 
I'll throw in like I'll have to chuck in the, the traditional joke was that um, sportives are people who pretend they're racing, and audaxes are for people who pretend they aren't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, you make some. Uh, I guess you, you make some interesting comments about sportives. I, I'm quite interested in this. I am going to get off this, and I'm going to go on this website and have a look. I'm you. You almost sold me 200k. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it. PVP is like a massive sportive. PVP is like the the biggest sportive in the world. Like that's that's. PVP is a whole another conversation in itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've said PVP several. It, this is how the this is how the jargon works because we've said PPB several yeah. times now without what is explaining that? what PPB is. I haven't done it, so I can't. I can't be the one who explains. We're gonna. We're gonna have. What you need to be riding now to be ready to ride to qualify for next year to be able to ride it the following year. PBP. We need to be thinking about now, even though you don't know you want to do it. Is it one of the longest running old axes in the world, or something? So it's it's Paris Brest Paris. So it's um twelve hundred thirteen hundred k, something like that. Uh, and it runs every four years. So it's a massive event that internationally loads and loads, loads of people want to get into and do. They have about, what would you say, 5,000 people doing it or something, is it, Toby? I, th- I think so. I can't remember. I think, was, I think I've got a feeling it's like 3,500 finishers last yeah. time, but I might be way out. Yeah. Wow. But you, you have to do qualifying rides to be able to enter it and then actually get into it. So this is what Toby's saying. You've got to start thinking about an, an event like that a good few years in advance, really. So you've got to rack up your points. Is that right? Yeah, you, you've got to have done a, a, an SR. So the two, three, four, six um, the year before. Um, and then you've got to actually... Um, register at the correct times to actually get a okay. place. Not everyone oh, wow. that wants to do it will get in, so it's a really big event, and the the mm. French absolutely adore it. It's an absolute mental event to go on. Mm. I did it in 2019, luckily just before lockdown and everything kicked in. Oh wow! And yeah, I think you hear people talking about it, but unless you experience it, it's just a whole other level of going on a bike ride. It's immense. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's another one of those things with that going back to like inclusivity of Audax. It's like the qualifying rides for it aren't a kind of elitist like oh you need to be this great to do it. It's because like a lot like all Audax events that are put on, they're put on by volunteers that aren't making any money out of it. And PBP is like a a massive event with thousands and thousands of volunteers working on it. And essentially, you have to qualify because they want you to finish. They don't want you to turn up and just go, oh, I signed up for this last year and oh, I didn't get the miles in and then bail out. It's like it's they put it on every four years. It's huge. They, it's you. Can't, yeah, you can't really explain how bonkers it is. But it's that again, it goes back to that, like you've got local clubs running all the controls. It's volunteers. And it's the same with the stuff that's in this that happens in this country on the weekend, just at a bigger scale. But it's you've got. And that's just going back to Dave's thing about sportives. It's the big difference is that the people putting the events on want you to do the ride because they like cycling and they've got a route that they want you to do. And that's sometimes why you end up doing routes that are awful because someone's idea of what's a really good, interesting route um, <laughs> isn't like I like I wrote like someone will go, hey, I've got a good idea. We'll do a 300 that starts in Bristol at 10 p.m. on a Friday night in November that goes to Dorset and back. And then for the end of it, we'll take you along this really delightful cycle path. That's the worst thing you've ever ridden after being up all night. Um, but but it's great. You really appreciate that they put a lot of thought into it. And I'm sure some people really enjoyed that. And equally, you go on other rides where you think, why the hell am I going down the A303 at? 6 p.m in the evening you know um but it's it's you know people people it's not someone making money it's not about promoting a thing it's just about promoting riding your bike and it's about distance basically and pbp's that like that blown up massively but that that would be the big key difference is that there's not a 
um, uh, you know, any financial interest in it, you know, because there's no money to be made out of people who moan about having to pay 50p for beans on toast, you know. It's, it's like, you know, the, the demographic is people who are tight. And so... But... Uh, with, you know, everyone's got their homemade, you know, I'm going to go into stereotypes, but, um, I, and, and that, you know, sorry, I'll jump around everywhere, but it's the other thing with Audax is there's the massive stereotype of like sandals and beards and mudguards. And it's like, there are, there is that, but I wrote a sportive and saw that, you know, it's just, and it's, I think people like to play up that idea of it being, but it, the reason why that's there is because it's so accessible, you know, it's not, if you can ride a bike, the, the big thing with it is that you just, it's, can you it's not can you ride a bike or can you ride fast it's can you sit on a bike for a day yeah, <laughs> like that's the bottom line you and know another night and, a, and then a night day. yeah i mean i remember you talk to some people and they go i don't know how you can ride a bike for more than four hours and i think well you just don't get off it do you but it's you know <laughs> some people, but, but it's that working at different thresholds and different levels you know it's like if you go out and smash it for four hours then you, you think how on earth can you ride for eight hours it's like we well, just you're not riding quite as fast are you but at the end of the eight hours you're just as as you know you've had just as much a, a day but you've had a whole day you know and if if you have few opportunities to get out or like me you can't, can't ever be bothered to get changed to go out and ride your bike you want to like if, you're, if i'm going out i'm going out all day um anyway there we go i've so you're all over the place on so that you sold me so what i'm going to do after this i am going to look at the audax um website and i'm going to look at this pdp because it sounds really interesting well, i'm just i'm just conscious of um time if we just go around just in closing and tell us an experience or something that's sort of memorable to you um to us and any sort of tips for people that want to get into Audax or are thinking about it have listened to this podcast and said, you know what, that's something that really interests me because I'm one of them. I'm kind of, you've sowed a seed with me here. So any experiences or top tips, if we just go around the group, go around the, um, go around the, the group and just share some ideas. Well, top tip number one, have a reasonable size saddlebag. Very handy. And if you do it anything more than a 200 that involves riding through the night, if you think you, you've got enough coats, you probably need two more because it gets very cold. And I, I love riding at night. It's probably my favourite bit mm. of any mm. Audax. I absolutely love riding at night. I love the quiet and the light. Um, but, yeah, it can get very, very cold, far colder than you think it will be if you've never done it before. Um, and I suppose the other thing, um, is just be prepared to be fascinated. Um, we never mentioned comparing sportives to Audaxes that the other big difference is that you will never ever see anyone in an enclosed recumbent on a sportive. And if you've never seen an enclosed recumbent or in fact ridden behind one when they're going up a steep hill, it's a moment to treasure. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> wow. Okay, David? So, uh, yeah, I mean, the thing with distance riding is there's always highs and there's always lows. Um, I think many times probably a high has been coming back from the east somewhere, coming back into, into, into this wonderful country from England across the Severn Bridge um, and thinking it's only 50 kilometres home <laughs> from here. Um, I, I, yeah, my first, no, my first 400, uh, 400 when I did my, uh, super randoneur, um, I'd had a very tough day and, um, it was sunset and I was coming over the bridge and I was like, I know I'm going to finish this now. Um, and that was, you know, again, coming back to what Nia says, you know, that was 10 o'clock or so, um, on a July evening, you're on the road you're one of the only people riding on the road. Nobody else knows why you're doing this crazy thing, but you're out there doing it and you're still, you know, you're still, I was going to say still having fun. You're still living it and experiencing it and you'll, you'll be pleased when it's, when it's done and you have a sense of achievement. 
Um, and yeah, it's, it, it really is something for everyone. Um, like there's a whole, you know, I think with how things are at the moment with sort of, you know, we haven't got calendar events, but there's a lot of stuff going on with do it yourselves. Um, and that's a really good accessible way in as well. And it's also something that I think will be one of the first things that comes back um, once we start to see some restrictions being lifted um, around COVID because it's something you can do on your own and be self-sufficient and just go for a bike ride. It's just a bit longer bike ride than normal. Um, so, yeah, like I say, you know, it, just just have a go, basically, and start with a start with a hundred, start with a start with a 50. Even there are 50 kilometer rides out there. I've done I've I've um I've done a 50 kilometer Audax with my wife and she's a distance runner um and she she loves an Audax but only only a little one only a 50 or a we might do a 100 kilometer ride one day amazing Susanna um I guess I'd say just be prepared to go a lot of places you never thought you would have gone before I think you can take that in quite a few different ways. I think just within yourself, yeah, that's very true. how are you going to feel the highs and the lows of, of being out there, but also the wildlife that you see at different times of day that you're not normally out and about at. Um, I think like, like the guys have mentioned already, like that cycling at night time, you see all sorts of things that, that you don't normally see, especially when there's no cars around. Um, and just the challenges of it. I think the first Audax I did was a DIY Audax. And that was with Nia, Chris and a few of the others where we went over to Bath. And just all the way back, it was Chris's first one as well. And we were just sitting there going, right, we've got 70 miles to go. Oh, my God, that is just too far to consider. So we just broke it down and just went, right, well, that's seven, 10 mile rides. You can do a 10 mile ride. That's easy. So you just sort of ticked it off like that and worked it down. I think when you first start going out and do the longer rides, think of it more that way. Break it into sections that you can mentally prepare yourself for and you'd be surprised how far you can go. Amazing. Thank you, Susanna. Toby? Uh, I th definitely night riding is just something to behold, especially like if you ride a ride something straight through where it's like you're starting out and the sun comes up then the sun goes down and then it comes up again it's like again it's that finding things to justify doing stupid stuff it, it gives you these experiences that you just you you look you know you're on your own maybe or you're with a couple other people and you just know that everyone else is just at home in bed having a boring life and you're doing something that's occasionally quite magical especially with like the wildlife like you have you have the fun of seeing barn owls and owls flying on next you have the fun of getting hit by a badger when it runs out of the hedge um that kind of stuff doesn't normally happen you know and you're out for such a long period of time stuff happens you know you, we, you don't people don't spend a long period of time out of the house necessarily much these days but if you go out for literally 13 hours stuff something will happen at some point in that day that will be memorable um and quite often it's a positive thing. <laughs> um, the other thing I'd say that Audax offers you is, it, again, it's there's there are all these handcrafted routes that all these organisers have done, and they're all over the country. So if you go to the website, you can find rides on every weekend, like everywhere, and you know you're going to get a route, or you'll f you can be fairly certain, especially if it's a classic ride, you're going to get a route that's a decent ride you know so you can say oh, i'm, I'm going to go to dorset and do this ride and it's like i said the dorset coast is just fantastic or people will just come to wales and do some of the welsh some of the stuff out of cardiff and it's you can go and ride these completely unfamiliar roads i mean even with the audax stuff that goes on in wales it's stuff you do a lot of roads that the club doesn't ever hit because it's you can't hit it with a club group you know and it's the same as you can just go, you know, you go off to East Anglia, you go up to Scotland and there's Audaxes on there and there'll be people there. You can turn up and everyone will, you just ride in a group because that's what everyone, everyone who's there, that's what they always do. So you turn up and it's who's here, off we go. And, you know, again, having a GPS, you can then look at the map of Britain and you just see all these places that you still need to go to. But 
seeing all these bits coloured in and all these roads that you've done is 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 great. And that's what I think Audax, an Audax offers you that just going for a ride doesn't. It gives you a ju- both a justification and a route. And someone's done some done the hard work for you. You know, I don't know where I'd ride if I went to, you know. Yorkshire but I can go on the Audax site and find a good ride that you know and read about it on the web and just turn up on the weekend and pay four quid and um you know get rained on for a day (laughs) (laughs) thank thank you um so much it it sounds like the um we've been on a bit of a journey introducing Audax and then maybe at the start we might have scared some people but it sounds like we've come full circle and 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 the whole you know, ethos and understanding of Audax is it's pretty felt, uh, friendly, welcoming and inclusive. Um, I think just like the club, it's quite evident we've got a, a group of Audaxes in the club and, and any members that um, wish to think about Audax or, 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 or move, that, move into, into that Audax sort of um, discipline, please, you know, I, I'm sure you guys will be happy to be contacted because I know there's a group in the club um, and we'd be happy to share all your contact details and uh, and really um, create a network for um, members to really connect with that with, with you guys and the and the rest of the club that are in that Audax community. And I guess that's the idea of these podcasts is to share some experiences which we've done um, tonight, um, the vast experiences of the membership, and, and and really provide a network for members to be able to connect with other members to really expand their um, you know their cycling experience. So that that's kind of brought that that to an end and thanks for everyone for all their contributions tonight um and we look forward to seeing you when um the restrictions are lifted and we're we're out and about you sold me i'm gonna be i'm gonna be tapping you up for this 200 i think it's 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 on my own personal radar it's been it's been a nice little hook tonight thanks to everyone thanks to um all the members who are listening and any queries please contact david medhurst or jake bailey thank you for taking the time to listen to the second episode of the Ajax podcast series and thanks to co-host David, Nia, Susanna, Toby and David for their invaluable contribution and discussion tonight. Again, uh, please visit the the club website uh, cardiffajax.co.uk where you can see the sponsors and thanks to the sponsors and supporters of the club. And if you wish to be part of any of these further um, discussion topics for the upcoming podcast series, please get in touch with David Medhurst or Jake Bailey. Thank you.